Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game, and today I want to introduce you to a new show on Wondery called Business Wars that I am so super excited about. Here at Millennial Money, I have been presenting a variety of topics dealing with how to make you the best you can be in every aspect of the business of life, right? That's what we all want to know how to do. In Business Wars, though, host David Brown gives you an in-depth look into the battles for the spoils of the ultimate corporate success. Mergers and takeovers, the fight to control billion-dollar industries such as McDonald's versus Burger King, Coke versus Pepsi, you know, all that big stuff. And also the equally compelling stories of those smaller businesses that are really just struggling to stay afloat when a competitor threatens their survival. The first episode of Business Wars presents one of the most famous corporate wars between Blockbuster Video, if you even remember what Blockbuster was, I was a huge fan of Blockbuster, and Netflix, which we all know, is the entire landscape of home entertainment shifted and a multi-billion dollar company was brought down. As you can imagine, they did not go down without a fight, and I want to know all of those juicy details. Let's listen to the beginning of the story. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. I'm David Brown. 
It was January 2007, Park City, Utah. The place was packed with independent filmmakers hoping to find distributors at the Sundance Film Festival. John Antiaco, the CEO of Blockbuster, peered out the windshield of his rented Cadillac Escalade at the ski chalets stacked up the mountainside. Antiaco was then in his late 50s, with a wreath of salt and pepper hair and an aquiline nose that made him look like a short boxer or a Roman emperor. He can't remember what he wore that Sunday afternoon, but he favored plain starched white shirts, open-necked with a blue blazer and slacks. His mood was confident, exultant even, but he didn't want to get too far ahead of himself. The street was packed with impatient drivers and he was looking for a house number. The Escalade's wheels crunched slowly over the snow-packed streets. Antiaco didn't want to be late for his meeting, but he also didn't want to maim one of the hipsters in designer boots and winter gear slipping and sliding alongside his car. They were all trying to get to the glitzy parties and film premieres on Main Street. The Sundance Festival that attracted all these L.A. types wasn't really Antiaco's thing. He preferred to spend his free weekends at his ranch outside Dallas, puttering, putting up deer feeders, inspecting fences, watching his wife, Lisa, ride her prize Arabian show horse. Every few months, he visited New York to hang with pals from his old neighborhood. They'd spend hours in chic restaurants they couldn't afford in their salad days. Nick Shepard is high-strung but loyal chief operating officer and right-hand man at Blockbuster, had convinced him to attend this festival as a sort of victory lap. They had found the formula to kill Netflix. Dead. Once and for all. And then, as he and Nick drank coffee in an overcrowded cafe and gazed out at the cloud-shrouded mountains, Nick's cell phone rang. It was Hastings from Netflix. He had an offer in mind for Antiaco, an offer he said that Antiaco would be a fool to refuse. Ironically, it wasn't just Hastings who thought he was holding the winning hand. Antiaco was convinced it was he that held the ace. In truth, they were both close to folding. But Hastings, the founder of Netflix, could not fathom how Blockbuster could replicate the complex, intuitive, online user interface that he and his co-founder, Mark Randolph, had slaved over for seven years. But Blockbuster's Antiaco thought he had done just that thing. Here's how Antiaco remembers that call from Netflix's Hastings. Hey, John, I heard you might be in town for Sundance this year. As a matter of fact, I am. Well, listen, maybe we should get together and talk. I'm going to be in my chalet in Park City uh, all day long. How does uh, lunchtime today work for you? Sounds like a good idea. When he hung up, Antiaco said with a slight sneer, Of course, a chalet in Park City. Antiaco and his blockbuster team were at Sundance to place their orders for the latest DVD releases. And while schmoozing, he picked up a piece of intelligence... Word was, Netflix was not doing well. Possibly on the ropes, in fact. Hastings sat alone in his chalet, waiting as the gray day warmed a bit and the voices of festival-goers echoed along the street outside. He loved Park City's quaint little town with its clock tower, 
swank shops and an old-fashioned theater marquee. He'd bought an old red brick meeting house with a steeple and stained glass windows and converted it into a vacation home. Here, he and his wife Patty and their two children, now in middle school, could escape from overheated, tech-obsessed Silicon Valley to ski, hang out during school breaks, that sort of thing. He hoped that the family trips made up for all the time that Netflix had sucked away. Hastings stayed home in Santa Cruz in Northern California when Patty took the kids to Italy for a study abroad year. Meanwhile, back in Wall Street... Blockbuster rolls out its online rental service, a new challenge to already struggling Netflix. When word came out about Blockbuster Online, Hastings opened his laptop to take a look. He shook his head and chuckled to himself. Wow, this is a shaggy dog of a website. I can do better than this sitting at any cafe in the world just using my laptop. But he had underestimated Antiaco. Or maybe he had overestimated his own hand. In truth, they had both miscalculated. The search for each other's jugular would become an acquired taste. Hastings had worked obsessively on the code for Netflix's powerful algorithms that tracked web visitors' every movement and preference, amassing an unmatched treasure trove of information. Despite the supremacy of this powerful data-sucking engine, Hastings would eventually learn that Netflix was a shakier vessel than he realized. His co-founder, Mark Randolph, had described the struggle to keep Netflix alive as pissing blood for years. Hastings paced the house alone, waiting for Antiaco. Whether the Netflix gurus had struggled for nothing hinged on the outcome of this meeting. First, he would get Antiaco to admit what Netflix's data showed, that Blockbuster was going broke trying to kill Netflix with its new Total Access program. See, Total Access let Blockbuster online subscribers return their DVDs to any of Blockbuster's 7,000 American stores and rent a new movie immediately. Netflix just couldn't match that kind of convenience. But Hastings knew Antiaco's pressure point. Actually, Blockbuster was losing money on every transaction. The big chain was already a billion dollars in debt. And Antiaco's board of directors, led by billionaire investor Carl Icahn, they were yanking on the reins. Hastings had to swallow his pride and beg Antiaco to sell him Blockbuster online, or both companies would die in a slow murder-suicide. Surely Antiaco would get this. But if Antiaco refused and total access continued, well... Hastings would have to report Netflix's first-ever loss of subscribers. Netflix stock price would start melting down along with its equity. By the second quarter of no growth, Netflix would be finished. The company's share price would collapse along with its ability to borrow money to sustain operations. Unless... Well, Blockbuster went belly up first from its debt. And so... As he waited for Antiaco to arrive, Hastings reflected on the fact that he had repeatedly and publicly dismissed Blockbuster as technologically inept. He wished he hadn't said that. 
Hi, this is David Brown, host of Business Wars, and I hope you enjoyed this little sampler. I'm having so much fun learning about the larger-than-life characters and the human drama behind these epic stories, and I hope you'll consider this a personal invitation to join us for more. It's really easy to do. Just subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you're listening to this. You'll find a link in the episode notes as well. And we hope you'll tell your friends to check us out and subscribe too. Let us hear from you, and thanks for listening.